and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And this week on the podcast, it's kind of scary movie month and we are tackling Adam's Family Values, 1993, Adam's Family, the sequel spooky. to Adam's Family. <laughs> <laughs> a very spooky halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a, um, a large sprinkle of Thanksgiving for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think the Adams family is just generally creepy. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you, have you seen this movie as a kid? I don't think so, no. If okay. I did, my mind blocked it out. Like something blocked, because like I don't remember a single thing about this movie. So I really feel like I probably haven't seen it before. Fair enough. Uh, I think for me, I do remember seeing this movie and I remember always thinking it was like weird and whatever. And then rewatching it as an adult, I was like, why did we ever watch this as a kid? Oh, like, it's so inappropriate for it's children. So ina- <laughs> it's so sexual. <laughs> it is highly sexual. Yes. It's very, it's very, very sexual. And even though like I like it now, I think it's actually mm-hmm. a pretty decent movie and holds up pretty well. But like. All of the jokes would have gone over my head, like way over my head as a kid. Like I laughed watching it this time because I was like, oh, there's some bangers in this, uh, like some real clever one to, you know, just the da-da, like ba-dum-bum kind of uh, Oh, yeah, but they'll go. They'll you know go. what I mean? Like they go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's intense. And I, I, I'm really excited uh, to get into it. Um, But for those of you um, who have maybe not uh, seen Adam's Family Values, um, basically this is the this is a live action. This is a sequel, as I said, to the Adam's Family, which came out like 91, I think. Um, And we've got uh, Angelica Houston as Morticia, uh, Raul Julia as Gomez, Christopher Lloyd as Uncle Fester, Joan Cusack as Debbie Jelinski, uh, Christina Ricci as Wednesday, Carol Kane as Granny. yeah, it, it just like uh, amazing cast. Like, oh yeah, this movie stacked the hell up. Yeah, so basically, it opens on um, the Adams family, and Wednesday and Pugsley and Granny are burying a live cat, uh, just as they do. And uh, Morticia announces that she is going to have another baby. Like now, they rush her to the hospital. <laughs> She's completely unfazed. They all seem to be very excited about the pain and awfulness of it. Um, they have a new baby. Turns out Wednesday and Pugsley are trying to kill the baby because they think that it's uh, going to replace them in their parents' hearts. Um, and uh, Morticia is overworked and overwhelmed with three kids, so they decide to get a nanny. Um Obviously, they're the Adams family, and they have trouble retaining uh, a nanny because the kids are literal hell monsters uh, threatening to kill the nannies and whatnot. Um, until uh, uh, a wonderful uh, nanny, Debbie Jelinski, shows up uh, and who just gets along with the kids and gets along with the babies and seems very kind and loving and doesn't seem weirded out at all by the fact that the Adams family is is bizarre. And they hire her as the nanny. Um, Uncle Fester, at which point, falls in love with the nanny. He's smitten by her. Um, At which point, it is revealed uh, to us, the audience, that Debbie is 
a black widow. She is a woman who marries rich men and then kills them for their money. Um, Wednesday finds her going through all of Uncle Fester's um, financials. Clearly, she has researched and targeted Uncle Fester. And uh, so to get the kids out of the way, she convinces the parents to send Wednesday and Pugsley to summer camp, uh, which is filled with very chipper and, uh, 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 you know, very chipper and happy campers, very upper class, very pretentious, all the rest. Um, at the <laughs> at the camp, they torture the kids uh, various ways by putting them in the Harmony Hut to try and make them happy and participate. Uh, they meet uh, Joel Glicker, who is um, David Crumholtz, actually a very young David Crumholtz. Yeah. Uh, who, maybe you don't know the name, but you know the guy. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I, as soon as he was on screen, I was like, no way. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy. Uh, Wednesday kind of forms a romantic uh, a crush on him, I guess. Um, long story short, during the, uh, the Thanksgiving uh, festival, uh, Wednesday burns the thing to a pageant rather she burns the camp down uh threatens to light another girl on fire she's <laughs> and roasts the uh the camp counselors over an open flame they run to try and stop um uncle fester from being murdered uh because uh debbie has married fester at this point she's tried to kill him by throwing uh a a radio into the bathtub on their honeymoon, but Uncle Fester just lights up like he does. She then tries to blow up the house with literal dynamite, and he survives that, so then she pulls a gun on him. They all end up back at the Adams family house, and she has them all strapped to an electrical chair, uh, at which point the baby, baby pubert, uh, gets free and rolls down the stairs and connects two electrical wires together, and... Uh, and uh, Debbie electrocutes herself instead of the family. And uh, that's it. I don't know. I don't think I missed any important. There's like some details in there we could get into. No, later. it's fine. We'll go over. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, Adam's family values. And we'll get into who we think the villain of this is in a minute. But first, um, just a very special announcement from us. Guys, November 5th, we are going to be participating in Extra Life Game Day, which is a 24-hour live streaming event with all proceeds going to Sick Kids Hospital. Sick Kids Hospital, it's Canada's largest hospital-based child health research institute dedicated to improving the health of children. This is, I don't know, how can you not, how can you not like that? What do you They've touched the lives of, you know, so many people that we know and uh, people, you know, kids and families and all the rest. They do amazing work. And they're also um, they're a research hospital, too, um, where every kid gets a chance to participate in clinical research. Uh, So that's, you know, really great. That benefits everybody. And uh, so the whole From Superheroes Network team uh, will be hosting the stream with a variety of events, including gaming, watch parties and a podcast tape podcast taping they're called podcasts everybody of this podcast the villain was right uh we're gonna be streaming directly on twitch that's with video um you'll get to see us make all the mistakes um and uh, plus more surprises to be announced and here's the great thing every 20 dollar donation gets you entered into a prize draw on the stream which includes free t-shirts from tpublic.com and with more prizes and incentives to be announced leading up to the event Every Also, every $50 donation gets you access to the back catalog of, get this, 
every Patreon bonus episode of the entire network. That's uh, over 225 episodes from Talk from Superheroes, I Hate It But I Love It, The Villain Was Right, and for a $50 donation. So visit extralife.fromsuperheroes.com today to donate. At that link, you can get also get inf- uh, event info, including our schedule, charity details, and you can also follow us on Twitch to be notified when we're live on November 5th. That's extralife.fromsuperheroes.com. And now it is time to talk about the villains of this movie. Everyone's a villain. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your take? Everyone's yeah, that's my... No, movie? obviously, uh, Debbie's the main... She's the main villain. Yeah, Debbie, uh, played by Joan Cusack, she's trying to murder Uncle Fester, clearly the villain. Um, are we also going to throw out um, Amanda Buckman, the summer camp yes. girl? No, uh, that's a very that's a very fair addition. Um, the first point I would like to make in defense of Debbie, um, anybody that looks like that can kill me and take all my money. This is law. <laughs> These are the terms and conditions of life, and quite frankly, run me over with your car. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, that 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 was doing it for you? Yeah, it wasn't for you? I mean, yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? This is the hottest Joan Cusack ever. That's true. That's true. I'm this a big fan of Joan Cusack. This is the hottest version. This is the, the timeline game. of Joan I want. <laughs> Fair enough. No, that's true. She's really well cast in this too. Like it's not it's not a role that like I would have thought of for Joan Cusack, but like I don't know, just her being able to be so like chipper and happy and uh is such a great contrast to like the Adams family. You're like, yeah, I get it. I get why Joan Cusack is in this movie. And you're right, looks great. Looks great. Yeah, she does. Nails it. <laughs> <laughs> Knocks it out of the park. I love how we're like five minutes into the podcast. And you're always like, Joan Rivers, run me over with a truck. Joan Rivers. Oh, absolutely sorry, not, not Joan, Joan Rivers. Rivers. Sorry, Joan Cusack. Back it up. <laughs> Bit of a Freudian slip there from Craig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, no. Oh, tell me tell me, I'm dressed poorly. Um, there <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm uh, I'm absolutely here for her. I think I want to start with uh, Wednesday, though, because okay. like I think a lot of the the things in this movie are. Um, and by the way, I'm going to contradict myself so much. <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> so I think a lot of the things that with the Adams family is like they're just a little weird. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the things that they do aren't how they're normally done. Um, but mm. I think Wednesday is legitimately a dangerous psychopath. You don't think they're all dangerous? Well, to a certain extent, but Wednesday is the one that is like really, really, really like actively trying to kill a baby. Uh, you know? So what, we don't like a girl boss? What? What is... <laughs> why? Because she's the best Adams in the family? Is this what I'm hearing, Craig? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> she's like everybody else is just kind of weird and she's a ki- she's a killer you know like thank god so okay the girl uh the girl at the summer camp she ties her to a stake pours gasoline on her and lights a match and then the movie cuts away 
Yeah. And, th- and thankfully, we see her later on a plane, which I'm almost <laughs> certain was a last minute addition was, to the movie. They were like, we they have were like, to show she's fine. People yeah. are upset. <laughs> like, did Wednesday Adam legitimately just burn a girl to death and suffered no repercussions? Yeah, because it's like, well, we've already killed a stripper, so we've probably maxed out oh, on yeah. murders for this movie, <laughs> for this children's movie. Oh, they flat up murder a stripper. Yeah, they in, mur- and then they all laugh in the one of the most horrific ways to do it too. They seal her in a cake for Fester's birthday party. Of course, supposed to jump out, and then they bake her alive, and they're just yes. like, well. We'll continue with the party, I guess. Ha 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 ha! Oh, Frankenstein, you crazy goof! Oh yeah, Lurch. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do also just quickly want to talk. Like this movie is oddly progressive in its politics. I don't know if you picked up on that, but yeah. there were just like moments where. It really just jumped out to me. It's like, oh, this movie was made in 93 and they hit a couple really good points almost. Oh, by, yeah. Yeah. But then there were other moments where I was like, oh, yeah, this movie was made in 93. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like what? Well, like the and, and even though the movie very much takes, I would say, the correct side um, the probably the truly one of the most problematic plays I've ever seen in my life. Oh yes, yes. The uh, <laughs> where they dress where uh, Wednesday gets cast as Pocahontas. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wrote down. It's like it's never good to dress up as a Native American uh, for fun on Halloween or a pageant or whatever. Don't do that. I was like, but this is perhaps the most uncol anti-colonialist way. Anti-colonial, yeah, sure. Anti-colonial <laughs> way to do it, um, like it's so self-aware. It, it, yes, yes, no, it definitely. It, they're like these people are wrong. Like what what we're doing here is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we're making a point about it. Like they cast all the pretty white girls as the uh, pilgrims. And then they cast all the outcasts and minorities as uh, the Native Americans. And you're like, oh, like, again, this is still problematic, but I see what you're doing here. Like you're Mm -hmm. you're saying the people who do this are bad. Um, And then with Wednesday being like, we will not break bread with you. You have taken the lands that are rightfully ours years from now. Um, you know, our people will be forced to live on reservations, pain and degradation, and your people will have stick shifts. Uh, do not trust the pilgrims. I was like, yeah, you nailed it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and then burns the whole thing to the ground, you know? Yeah, no, she definitely. And this is what I'm saying. Girl boss. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I do love that camp though. Like, especially the fact that they're like, this is for privileged people. Like this is, yes, this is like, we're better than you and we're going to act like it. My, okay. My, my whole thing is that, okay. If I was looking at a group of kids and there were one group of kids trying to escape and there was 
one group of kids chanting, punish them, punish them. I actually think if I was to pick an evil group, <laughs> I would be like, those kids yelling, punish them are so evil. Like, yes, absolutely. That is the craziest thing for kids to chant. <laughs> The the idea of a child like being like, yes, punish, like it's so (laughs) wild. I love it. Like, I hope that this other person suffers is very psychotic. Yeah. 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 That is, uh, that's dark. If you add, that's one of the darker parts of this movie, quite frankly. Yeah. Oh, and there's some, man. Okay. Speaking of dark parts of this movie, did you catch, there's, there's two perfect in the camp. Um, one is when, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Joel Glicker, when he gets put in the harmony hut with the kids Mm -hmm. and then there's a shot where he just looks over at something, sees a poster of Michael Jackson and screams like he's seen a ghost. And I was like, did they, did they know like 1993 were they like children should be afraid of Michael Jackson? Like. I, I'm I don't sure know. I immediately moved on from that moment. I watched it and I was like, "Okay, next scene." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Ooh, okay, we're moving on. Because <laughs> that's incredibly dark. The other thing that's incre- even more dark, given the time frame of it, is um, uh, uh, there is the was well, the psychopaths and murderers trading card game that they have. Oh yeah. Okay, which is like kind of a funny bit when you're like, I've got Jack the Ripper or I've got this person or that person, historical killers. And then he, somebody whips out an Amy Fisher card. And I didn't know this because I was like seven in 1993 uh, or maybe 10. Um, Do you know who Amy Fisher is? No, I actually don't. Okay, so this is it's just flat out. This is super dark. So uh, she was a 17-year-old girl who shot the wife of the man who was having, like, who uh, raped her, essentially, you know, uh, statutory oh, rape or whatever. But, like, Lord. yeah, and then she was sent to prison. Like, it's a whole thing. So I was just like, that's, again, a kid's movie. That's whoa. Okay. <laughs> and that was, I think, 91 or 92 that that event happened. So that was like real fresh when this movie came out. Like that was, again, raising the question who is this movie for? Who? Oh, I asked myself that probably every five minutes while watching this movie. I was like, I mean, is it specifically for me right now? Like, because it works. Because it works. Like, I was like, I like this. This is like fucking weird and fun, and like, it's got some, like you said, like some good jokes, some good performances in it. But I'm like, this can't possibly be for a child. <laughs> yeah, because I wouldn't seek it out as an adult. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, the Adams family. Yeah. Let's let's watch that for like That's a like fun, going to go see like a comedy. Casper movie. It's like who right? <laughs> exactly. But this is like way closer to like Edward Scissorhands and mm-hmm. uh like Beetlejuice than it is to like a Casper. Yeah. You know, like it's that like early nineties darkness to it. Um where they're like, We can do 
anything. Uh, oh, literally and anything. There's movie. no rules or like, hey, maybe we shouldn't show kids to pay. Like, <laughs> at one point he's just like, and I know this is so small, but he's like, here's a cigar, my son. <laughs> like my, <laughs> my very young son. Here's a cigar because we do whatever the fuck we want. We will show a baby in a guillotine. Like, we yes, will we do will. That. And, and the and baby and will to catch stop the- it <laughs> with its tiny baby hand. The way I I fucking screamed I <laughs> when that baby stopped the tiny blade with its yeah. tiny hand. I laughed so fucking hard. That's yeah. I'm sorry. That's an awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they show the kids throwing a baby off of a roof and just happens to be caught by go. Yes. Uh insane absolutely which is insane. actually going to lead into i would like this to lead into one of my main arguments for debbie which is as a uh villain defense lawyer i would like to state as a first case um i'm gonna i'm gonna call it the cartoon defense mm-hmm. i don't think violence in this universe matters <laughs> uh okay yeah no no i, I don't think it similar. really I don't think it exists in the same way as it would in our reality. I also think Debbie is actually perfectly paired for Fester. She obviously has a lust for blood, and he is a man that can provide to be killed over and over and over again. They're perfect for each other. This man craves violence. He loves to like they, what do they call it? Like a like a a sibling rivalry between him and Gomez trying to kill each other. Yeah. I'm like clearly he's in, like he's on the level for this. He likes this. This is something he's into. I actually think they're perfectly paired. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, I I love that argument. It's like these two belong together. Yes, abso- like absolutely. The- I have never said when she came out from the grave, I was like, yes, round two. This is perfect. <laughs> she can't die either. Get it. Yeah, he's going to be the uh, Fester's undead wife. Uh, absolutely. I, I think that's perfect. Yeah. And, and you're right, because like Fester and Gomez, they have that talk and they're like, I choked him until he lost consciousness and had to be put on a respirator. I tied him to a tree and pulled out all his teeth, which is violent. But like compared like that's what Gomez did to Fester. Right. Yes. That's violent. That's bad. But Fester choked him till he passed out and had to be put on a respirator and opened his skull and removed part of his brain. Like that's the, both of those things are worse than pulling somebody's teeth. Yeah, I, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, do you have I, a weird teeth teeth thing? I don't know. It just every time, like, I don't know. I've had teeth pain before. Like, it's right. just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, knock me out, take my brain. Eh, all right. I have to be like, <laughs> am I awake? Am I asleep? This is all very, this is all important information. <laughs> this is, I, I just love it so much where you're like, ah, knock me out, take part of my brain. Who cares as long as I don't lose any teeth? And I just, that just, sorry, that just reminded me of an argument I had with an ex where we were like, we were on the couch and she, I don't know how this came up, but she was like, would you rather lose all of your teeth or one of your eyes? And I was like, oh, all my teeth for sure. As like, because there's replace, there's dentures, there's implants, whatever. Mm. Like, And she's like, no, I'd lose one of my eyes. And I was like, that's insane. Like, like nothing can replace 
the function of your eye. And she's like, no, you're wrong. Most people would choose the eye. And I was like, absolutely not. They wouldn't. And she put it on Twitter and I won handsomely. Like 90% of people were like, yeah, lose all my teeth. Like, you know, somebody who's lost all their teeth. You know what I mean? And they're fine. They're fine. They, they go about their lives. And you can go about your life with one eye too. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, I know somebody that like, I'm like, no, I, of course you can, but I wouldn't choose it over losing my teeth. This is a crazy, this is a crazy conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things that you have in a group of like stoners in high school and you're like, no, yeah. but listen, man. Like, <laughs> no, that's not, that kind of place. Yeah. 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 yeah that's. That kind of place. <laughs> Um, okay. So I agree with you that like the violence kind of doesn't matter in this, but no, I don't think it matters. Um, here's my take on the violence, uh, which is that the Adams family in this movie represents capitalism. Um, very specifically. Yes. What? Yes. Because (laughs) no, because Fester is, Fester represents in this thing the literal rotting head of capitalism, like the festering oh my God, head okay. of capitalism. Because he's very, very rich, right? Uh-huh. He, and he's rich in stocks. He's Debbie's going through his stuff. He's rich in stocks, bonds, deeds, a whole bunch of assets that he's basically just sitting on and not doing anything with. He yeah. does nothing with his wealth. He's just like top, you know, 1% guys. Meanwhile, he's allowing um, the property he lives in, the Adams family home, to become like run down and decrepit. It's haunt, you know, what we would call a haunted vibe is really, it hasn't been maintained in years. Mm -hmm. Right? So now you've got kind of this like land, this slum landlord sort of situation where the things that they do own, they're just holding on to. Uh, waiting for them to go up in value without actually putting them to work. You know what I mean? Uh, so here's my so and here's my thing about the Adams in that sense. So they're very rich, and they don't oppose violence as a moral, like morally, un, and it's actually often encouraged as long as it serves their interests. So Debbie only becomes a villain in their mind when they want to separate, when she wants to separate Fester from the rest of the family and separate the family from their money. So my argument is, is that this is like the upper class, the 1% who are willing to do violence and things to other people and people of other classes. Um, But as soon as it's turned against them, it's no, no, no dice. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Debbie, the black widow, um, she's so, so like one of the things about her is we figure out she's motivated by not getting what she wants. Right. Like, uh, her, we find out that like her, the first people she killed were her parents because they didn't give her the ballerina Barbie. They gave her the Malibu Barbie. Right. Um, and all the other husbands that she's had, she's killed with like an axe or a car because they wouldn't give her something that she wanted, right? And that is like a consumerist society that is making her do that, right? It's, it's the society that makes her want those things as a replacement for like feeling loved and whatever. And she thinks if she's going to get them, 
she will be full complete. She even says, I deserve love and jewelry, right? Mm. Like she conflates the two. Yeah. Um, and it's only when she resorts to uh, the same methods that the rich use in order to get what they want uh, or to protect their status that she's considered a villain. That's my defense of Debbie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I like how different our defenses were. Yours is like, okay, so it's a metaphor for capitalism. Mine's like, Fester <laughs> likes to get choked, quite frankly. <laughs> and <laughs> quite frankly, he loves it. And <laughs> they're actually perfect for each other. So I don't know why he's running from love right now. <laughs> That's true. He is wildly unfazed by most of the things that she does. Like, considering that it's attempted murder, uh, I'm he, telling you, he likes it. They yeah. love the dead. They love death. They love the idea of death. They love violence. They know violence within their universe doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> That's why the parents aren't freaking out about the kids almost killing that baby 100 times. Because right. it doesn't matter. This kid will not die. It's fine. Fester's not going to die. It's fine. He also knows that. Yeah. I mean, if I couldn't die, hmm, maybe I would date a murderous bitch. That could be fun for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Keep you on your toes for sure. Keep you Uh, on your toes. No, I'm just saying there are some people out there that like this kind of weird, wild behavior. (laughs) I one time, oh my God, I swear to God, one time I was talking to this guy and he said that he said, uh, if you're not willing to stab me, you don't love me enough. And I was like, we have different ideas of love. (laughs) We have fundamentally different ideas about what that means and how that feels in general. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. We got to double back on that. If you're not willing to stab me, stab me, you don't love me. What context was that in? (laughs) I guess I, (laughs) <laughs> what context you're like how does that even come up like like okay i'm a zo- i've turned into a zombie and you know i will suffer forever and if you're not willing to stab me to no, stop me my, okay that's like you know that's the only theoretical thing i can no. think of where that would come up like <laughs> so it was like i was talking about this guy that i know that got stabbed by this girl like in the arm like she was super pissed at him and she stabbed him with like a broken bottle and Jesus. when I was, <laughs> when I was <laughs> saying this, this man's response was, that's hot. And I was like, I'm going to need to follow up on that with you. What do you mean? And he's like, well, yeah, if you're not feeling enough passion, if you're not willing oh. to stab me, then you don't love me enough. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh, that's not passion. Oh, no, it no. is not. No, it's no. not. No, no, no. Oh, God. <laughs> I oh man so, wow <laughs> there's some I mean I get how it can all get mixed up in your head and whatnot yeah but like that's whoo yeah oh yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes people really tip their hand they're like hey do you want to see all my red flags at once and it's like oh great thanks <laughs> like thank you for showing me that I'm gonna be over here my boyfriend's big old book of red flags yeah. <laughs> that should be a children's book. That, oh my god! The big book yeah. of red flags. Yeah, by uh, whoever wrote this movie, and it's yeah. so inappropriate. <laughs> <coughs> um, 
<laughs> oh, speaking of though, there are some like we mentioned. There's some banger jokes on this, and I I really have to run down a couple of them because like okay. these honestly made me laugh. Um, they're looking at the baby, and they go, "Oh, look, he has my father's eyes." And then Morticia says, "Somebody get those out of its mouth." Love it, love it. <laughs> the fact yeah. that the baby. Oh, uh, I know that's real. Um, don't call me Shirley, but like, love it. <laughs> okay. Um. This one is like legitimately cutting and like, again, makes me really believe that the people who wrote this movie knew exactly what they're doing. I hope one day you have the indescribable joy of having children and paying someone else to raise them is. (laughs) (laughs) Are you telling me they don't represent the upper class? They don't represent, you know, that's fair. Also, childbirth didn't affect her at all. You know, unlike people from developing nations for whom childbirth is uh, is a source of ongoing mortality uh, for both mother and child, uh, Morticia just gets wheeled into the hospital completely unfazed. That's a rich. That's some rich country shit. You know. <laughs> also, an incredible beginning to a movie. Yes. Um, another great joke I love um, when they're doing the drowning drills at camp. And uh, the girl jumps in. She goes, I'll be the victim. And Wednesday just goes, yes, all your life. Oh. (laughs) Oh, that's... You didn't find that cutting as hell? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I love her. I love her whole vibe. (laughs) I'm tired to be someone I'm not. I live in shame and the suburbs. (laughs) Oh, that's a good (laughs) way. That's some good writing. Uh, and finally, uh, you have placed Fester under some strange sexual spell. I respect that. Come on. Oh, that's so. <laughs> that's more But pastels. Say, yeah, but, but pastels, Debbie. Pastels. Uh, Can't be wearing pastels. No, no, no. Um, yeah, so I'm just here to say uh, I don't think Debbie uh, all that bad for trying to upend. Uh, capitalism. No, I think she's like somebody when you see two toxic people get together and you're like, oh, thank God, maybe you'll implode. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you'll just both be off the market now and not be problematic to other people. That'd be great. (laughs) Yeah, you're wishing your bad exes on each other. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Fester's got a real stocky energy to him. You know what I mean? Oh, I wrote down he's a gross idiot. He's a gross gross fucking idiot. Oh, he's like, he's like, he's horny in the grossest way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this movie is quite horny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If I was to describe this movie in a word, it would be horny. Yeah. And Fester in particular is a sexual predator. Uh, he he admits to uh, spying on Martitian and Gomez. Like, it starts out all romantic. He's like, when I see them through, like, windows or doors, they love each other so much. But he also is like, or keyholes. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, and, yeah. And then they have a pinup of their mother around. Like, I was like, that's so weird and gross for a a kids movie a kids movie i'm even questioning myself right now i'm like is this even does this qualify i mean they go to camp that feels like (laughs) 
it feels, feels like, like it's, it's a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it's a kid's movie, but they're just like, like within the first five minutes, you have the kids, um, like Morticia goes into labor, the whole family's at the hospital, and there's this kid sitting in the waiting room talking to Pugsley and Wednesday, being like, and then mommy and daddy kiss, and then the stork comes, and the stork tells goes up to the sky and tells God that they want a baby, and the baby comes down and like gives this like, and then that's where babies come from, and Wednesday just goes, our parents are having a baby too. They had sex. Like... <laughs> That is, for a kid's movie, what a ballsy way to start it. Being like, hey, parents, if you haven't had that conversation with your kids yet, <laughs> you're going to after this movie. Um, you know, what was this movie rated anyway? Like, I am like, like PG, literally, PG this is what I'm Googling right now. I have been trying to find that for the last <laughs> <laughs> couple minutes. I can't. I feel like, I want to say like PG-13. Yes. Okay. I think it's PG-13. So 13-year-olds, I guess, are kind of the the demographic know, maybe of this? PG. Maybe. I think it depends on what country you're in, obviously. Oh, okay. Rating, PG-13. That's what it says on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm going to go with that one. That feels That feels right. I guess so. I guess, yeah, maybe if you're 13, you'd be like, it's kind of cool that they make sex jokes. Uh... But again, most of these things would fly way over a kid's head. Like that whole joke of like, I'm living a sham. A 13 year old? Well, okay. No, but yeah. yeah, We had different existences then. No, no, no. I don't think a 13 year old wouldn't get like the joke about our parents have sex. But I think the, uh, I tried to be someone I'm not. I live in shame in the suburbs. That's not a 13 year old kid joke. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I think it is. I think you You forget how much. Oh, the angst. Oh, my God. The angst. Okay, fair enough. So much of it. I hate uh, my parents for making me live here. Why can't we go to the. Oh, yes, absolutely. You don't think that sits in hard at 13? (laughs) If anything, it really starts solidifying. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, here's here's something that's probably going to uh, uh, put me on the outs with most people. But, like, I was an incredibly self aware 13 year old in the sense of, like, when all my friends would complain about the fact that we were in this like small city, right? Like with nothing to do, I would always be like, but you realize if we lived in Toronto, there'd be nothing for us to do either because we're 13. Like all the fun stuff that's happening is, is not for kids. Like you can't go to a bar when you're 13. You can't, you probably can't go to concerts. You know what I mean? Like, Oh man, you were invited to to all the parties, Craig, weren't you? You fucking party animal. Look at you. (laughs) See, that's what I mean. Okay. I'd like to remind you all we're 13. (laughs) 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 Of course, we're going to feel this way. Have you guys read a book? I mean. (laughs) Yeah, okay. No, you you nailed it. I'm a loser. That's fine. It's fine. No, it's okay. I was a fucking loser. It's fine. I was sitting at home watching Adam's Family Values being like. (laughs) Nobody appreciated this at its time. No, uh, <laughs> but they'll see. Oh, uh, they'll see. They're like, actually, it's a pretty smart movie that has a lot to say about class and uh, economic structures. <laughs> and in uh, 20 years, I'm going to make a podcast uh, all about this. <laughs> just you wait. And everyone's like, what's a podcast? You're like, it hasn't been invented yet. Like, why don't you just invent podcasts then? It's like, because I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. 
<laughs> oh my god that's like that uh nate bargetsy joke of like well, what would you do if you time traveled and it's like i don't know probably nothing because i can't explain anything and i don't <laughs> We'll see, in the future, we have cell phones. How do they work? Uh, I don't know. Something about satellites and, like, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, like, it's so fun to actually learn, like, useful skills. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, if the whole world goes to shit, which, you know, it might. Like, that's a bigger possibility than it used to be. Uh, (laughs) Now I know how to sharpen a knife. You know what I mean? Like, that's the... That feels like that might be a skill that might be useful when the uh, when the power goes out for the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Are you listening to this in the future trying to disassociate? (laughs) (laughs) Is this what's happening right now? Hello. We're still kind of fine right now. Uh, (laughs) But shit's about to pop off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are you saying I'm projecting backwards to myself right now? What's that? Okay, I lost it. Oh no, it's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone listening. I have I, I have COVID for the third time. So <laughs> I, if, if we seem all over the place, it's uh, it's my bad. I have COVID for the third time. I'm either going to outlive you all or die in two years. We're gonna see what happens. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <To see you. laughs> We're all rooting oh, for you, Rebecca. No. Uh, it'll be it'll be fine. It'll it'll probably be fine. This was the <laughs> this one was the lightest one where I'm like, no, 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 I can function. I just shouldn't leave the house right now. Fair enough. Um, I will also say about Debbie. One other thing I wanted to mention about her is I I do think sending the kids to summer camp was the right call. Like even if she didn't want to murder Fester or steal his money, <laughs> Sorry, that's a funny like, sentence. <laughs> you know. Those kids were trying to murder a baby. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. There needed to be some separation happening for sure. Um, Also, I would say the positive thing of pulling Fester away was that one kid was going to have a chance. (laughs) The baby, because like separating the family apparently made this kid like normal and like they gave him like blonde hair and like they were like, he's going to get dimples. <laughs> like he's going to get dimples. He might become the president. Somebody needs to stop this. Um, All to my point of like, as soon as you separate these people from their money, a.k.a. Fester, it's like the the scariest thing that can possibly happen is they become normal. Right. They become one mm. of the the working class or the the poor even, you know. Well, yeah, that's what I think uh, when I think working class. I'm like, the old president over there. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Not president. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, the, like, yeah. The, all the other examples when they're like, well, I mean, still, like, they were like a lawyer, I think they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, to the super rich people, a lawyer is poor. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. the other thing that you need to, like, you know we need to wrap our heads around is like the people that we think of rich aren't even all that rich. Okay. I see what you're saying. You oh God. I mean? Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> hate that. <laughs> I get it, but I hate it. <laughs> uh, um, I also would say I am, I am a uh, pro those two counselors getting just scorched like just a little bit. You know what I mean? Just a little, 
a little stressed out. I hated them. Oh, they're they're played to a T. They're wonderfully acted those two. Yes, they're wonderfully the worst. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the uh the harmony hut is probably a pretty shitty way to deal with uh, people who aren't having fun. I don't know. If I was a kid and they were like you haven't been doing well. Go in this room and watch TV. I'd be like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to the TV room. That sucks. Oh, man. I'd have to, like, act the whole way over, just kicking rocks the whole way over there. And I'd, in, watch- in my head, I'd be like, this is fucking sick. Like... That's all I want to do is, is watch punishment. TV. That's legitimately true. That's yes. pretty great. It's kind of like... Yeah, in that sense, I guess the villains were right in this. We were like, that's actually a pretty sweet, just like, you need to go somewhere and be by yourself and chill out for a bit. Here you go. Here's some movies. Watch some fun family movies that 99% of kids would enjoy. Yes. Um, some I will Disney say being bangers, sung at. Ugh. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Sorry, what did you say, Greg? <laughs> oh, I was saying they had some Disney bangers on there, but I don't think they got uh, the rights to them. Uh, yeah. Yes. So they had to. No, play they didn't the get musicals. any other rights. They played no, no music from any. Dis- <laughs> no, this is for sure not a Disney production. This felt like uh, some Warner Brothers or Universal shit. You know. Um, yeah, lock me in a room and maybe watch like The Little Mermaid and and Cinderella for an afternoon. I mean, that's essentially what this podcast is. Yeah, that's what I, I was like. We do that. I did that this afternoon. Like. <laughs> Before we started doing this, I was like, well, I'm going to close my curtains and close the doors to the I made myself like a little theater in my living room. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put my feet up and uh, watch some movies. Nice. I like it. I like have it. myself yeah. a little nice afternoon. Yeah. But my point is, is yes, absolutely. Like those counselors on fire. Just a little bit. You know what just I mean? Just like bit. a little just put a bit of fear in them. I'm down for that. But again, nobody really ever dies in this. Again, except for Debbie. Uh, and I think that's kind of Well, unfair. Debbie doesn't die, really. Well, she gets turned to ash. <laughs> but then it's like she comes like out, right? Like, I think. Well, or was that just Wednesday trying to scare Joel? Okay, so she is just has like powers. Yeah, I think well, because I think Wednesday says at the end, it's like I didn't even blame Debbie. She's just sloppy. Mm-hmm. Like if I yeah. when I decide to murder my husband, I'll I'll do it. And I was True. like, Whew. Okay. okay, no, but you are forgetting about uh, Cake Woman. Cake Woman yeah. died. <laughs> she burned for realsies. To death. Yes, yeah, she died for realsies, and they all laughed pretty hard and after that i was like i hope she murders fester that laughing asshole (laughs) i hope she gets him okay Um, he deserves to yes no i was i i did not care for this there was something about christopher lloyd's performance as fester in this where i said he was like a gross idiot that really reminded me of um danny devito in uh batman returns when he's oh, crawling yes. up on the bed being like, I want this like a strong section. And I was like, both of them had the same energy. And I don't know what it what it was about like the early 90s where we wanted to put former stars of the sitcom Taxi in gross bald caps and have them like <laughs> hit on women weird and <laughs> gross ways. Um, but it happened more than once. <laughs> That's so, yes, I, I would I, that, that's a hard agree for me that those are the exact same energies. Yes. 
They are absolutely, and I did not think that at all coming into this, but yes, as soon as you said that, exact same fucking energies. Yeah, low, weird, like gross. kind of the same makeup, kind of like like just that like weird body movement where you're like, um, well, they oh, what's the, the neck is what it is. There was okay, there was a line that I think about all the time in um, Superstore <laughs> where they're describing this guy, and she's like, "How would you describe it?" And she's like, "When he's looking at you, it feels like he's grabbing you, <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time." <laughs> Because I think that's such a, like, I'm like, yeah, that is a person. Like, I know that person. I know what you're talking about, that feeling. Yeah. And it's kind of like that same gross kind of, you're like, why, what, what is this? Why are you creeping me out so deeply? And it's like a lot of the body movement, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, Fester is supposed to be. Oh, yes. No, he nails gross. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, he absolutely nails it. It's. Yes, it's quite. He's good. a guy who brings a light bulb into a bathtub just in case someone, which kind of makes me think that's consent. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I'm bringing a light bulb into this bathtub. Like, oh, you're gonna what's? And he plays that kind of game where he's like, oh, you're gonna what's that radio? What's that radio you got there? What's playing on it? <laughs> what's playing on that radio as I sit here in the bathtub? And then yeah. she throws it in, and he lights up like a light bulb, and then doesn't care. Like he's like immediately like, let's do it. So you're right. I think I'm coming over to your side where I'm like, there's some. There's oh, I some, think they're uh, perfect. Deserving of each other kind of. Shit oh, no, I think they, they've got perfect matching energies. I think they should be together. Yes. Keep Put the kids apart two. until they're mm-hmm. a little older, at least. Um, yeah. Also, just in defense of throwing that baby. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> if I think if I came, I don't know, like I'm just. Maybe I'm wrong, but like a baby with a mustache named Pubert. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> Quite frankly, that's it's a combination of things. I don't know if it adds up for me. Don't know okay. if you're going to make it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to make it. Quite frankly. <laughs> also, I, I, I do love that that was a classical experiment where they're like, what will hit first, the baby or yeah. the bowling ball? I was like, that's a classic uh, physics experiment. Um, you know, I, I, I won't get at you for getting it wrong because, hey, you're doing it. You're doing the experiment. Yeah. You're, you're trying to see for yourself. They'd both hit at the same time, everyone. That's very important. This um, is very important. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, that's uh, I, uh, one final piece of trivia. So the guy who plays um, it, the hand, mm-hmm. um, you, that's the only thing that actor does. So I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So there's an act. Look him up on IMDb. His name is Christopher Hart, H-A-R-T. And in his known for, he is known for idle hands which is that movie where the guy cuts off his hand and the hand is possessed by the devil. Okay. Uh, the Adams family, Adams family values and a couple other ones where it's like he plays the hands or like the left hand or something. This is, this is an actor who works entirely in the realm of playing disembodied hands. And I cannot fathom building a career. Wow. <laughs> oh, isn't that cool though that is really cool huh i bet that got him laid a lot (laughs) 
That would be my opening line to everything. I'd be like, do you recognize this the hand? hand. Like, <laughs> Perhaps from Adam's family values. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just my weird fact I wanted to end on. Uh, anything else you wanted to uh, discuss about Adam's family values? No, Debbie? I don't think so. I mean, I will say... If you are not into me, uh, Gomez level, I don't want to be with you. Um, yeah, that's true. If we're not if we're not lighting the dance floor on literal fire, you best get to step in. <laughs> You're not a part. You're not a part of this. <laughs> they do love each other very much. It is yes, yes. That is one thing where every time I watch something kind of like like anything Adam's family, I'm like, I love how much you love each other. That's the best. It feels very nice to watch, and I enjoy myself every time. Yeah, it's great. Also, the two of them together are fantastic. Like they Angelica are, yes. Houston. Yeah, I love uh, Morticia's like eye light. Like she's always I got. Love that. <laughs> I think it's so fucking funny. It made me laugh every time they do that kind of close up with their eye light on. I'm like, that's yeah. perfect. Oh, love it. Absolutely great. Um, all right. I think we're time ready for our uh, definitive rankings of how good the villain is. Um, uh, in honor of the uh, all the killing that was going on in this or the attempted <laughs> murders, uh, I did the execution scale. Um, so on a scale from firing squad to electric chair, I'm going to give Debbie the guillotine. Uh, efficiently doing what needs to be done. Bring up, bring down that 1%, everybody. Okay. <laughs> I've got, uh, obviously I'm ranking Debbie. I've got the romance scale I from uh, opening the car door to uh, surprise vacation. I am going to give Debbie a... Um, if you don't stab me, you don't love me enough. <laughs> That's what I'm going to give her. Uh, it's a wild energy, but I think it matches. <laughs> love it. Love it. And uh, we're going to get to our uh, heroes and villains of the week in a second. First, a few ways that you can support the podcast. Uh, first of all, if you're listening to this on iTunes or whatever kind of player you use, uh, please feel free to like and subscribe. And uh, if you got the time, uh, leave us a nice review. Believe it or not, uh, reviews actually help us in the algorithm uh, with showing uh, this to other people, and that's how people discover us. Uh, so if you can do that, that would be great. And thanks to everyone who's already done that. Um, as well, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can uh, hit us up on Facebook at Villain Was Right. You can hit us up on Twitter at VWR Podcast. And if you have any suggestions for movies that you'd like to see done or just questions or comments for us, you can hit us up over the old email at villainwasright at gmail.com. And if you have a couple bucks to support the podcast. As always, we are on Patreon. If you want to hit us up on patreon.com slash right, you can get bonus episodes. You can get voting rights. Next week, we are doing our audience choice which is <laughs> midsummer so uh buckle up for that you guys decided we're doing it we're talking about it it's gonna be a crazy episode um we also have a, a great ad free tier if you're like i don't want to listen to these ads um somebody actually tweeted at us being like i still listen to it on a regular <laughs> <laughs> and skip the ads even though i'm one of your patreons which i love i think that's so funny um so guys yeah hit us up on patreon for all of your your bonus needs uh and now it is time for our heroes and villains of the week what do you got for us craig yeah so my villain of the week this week is the passage of time uh 
<laughs> just the slow march of time because it was uh, my <laughs> birthday uh, 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 not too long ago. And I don't know. So I, I'm not big on celebrating birthdays. I think generally they're very stupid. Um, mm-hmm. This is this is a battle I will never win. Everyone else loves birthdays. I feel like it's just people getting attention for things that they didn't accomplish. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, but I will say I do look back fondly on birthdays. Like remember, like back, like when you were younger, uh, you would have a birthday that was like you'd get a card from your grandparents in the mail, or you know, you would uh, have a pizza party with your friends, or like as you got a little older, you'd be like we're going to a concert this week and then hitting some drinks with another group of friends later. Like it, like the week of your birthday was kind of like a week where you could like see people and do things that were really fun. And, uh, on this last birthday week that I had, um, it was noted mostly by, uh, two different medical appointments. Uh, Oh, All right. So that's just where I'm at in my age where I'm like, week of my birthday, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to two, go see two different doctors, both for like routine stuff. But it was just like, that's what we're doing. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That's that's my villain of the week It's just the passage of time. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Uh, that's so I don't know why that so, that just sounds dark. It's like the passage of time. Um, my uh, my villain. I've got a villain this week. Um, my villain this week is a play I saw. Uh, so this the, the inappropriateness of this play reminded me of another play that I saw in uh, when I went to Edinburgh. And I don't believe I've talked about it on here. And I can't believe I haven't because my God. Um, I saw a play called, um, what the heart wants. And I saw it because it had such a, we, I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, and it was a story that was described as Woody Allen and Frank Sinatra having a conversation in Woody Allen's apartment while he's like trying to write his next big movie. And I was like, what is, is this like a weird like, is this some sort of, you know, metaphorical take on some? I was like, what is this exactly? And we went to see it, and it turned into what is, I can only describe as a rape apologist piece. I was screaming the whole time I was watching it. It was screaming the whole time I was watching it. It was a man doing what I would actually describe as a very accurate Woody Allen impression. Um, being like, listen, she's not, she, I told you she's not my daughter. And just like kept like re like I saying just the most outrageous things. And I was like, oh, and at the end, like somebody like, there's like a, somebody, something happens, right? No, no, no. This is just like Frank Sinatra going into sometimes songs (laughs) start spreading the news. It's just in between Woody Allen being like, I told you she's not my daughter. And it was the most insane thing I've ever watched in my life. I cannot. It, it, is, wow. it is borderline indescribable. I think you can hear by the way I'm describing it, right? I, there's no way. It was it was the most wild hour of quote unquote entertainment I've ever seen in my entire life. And first of all, it, it, the title, oh, the title alone, my God. Anyway. Yeah, because like you said it originally and I was like, oh, is that? 
That that sounds like that was like some romantic comedy or something from the '90s, or like some famous play, like you know, like what the heart wants, and it's like a story about yeah, crazy. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, we get to the end of this play. This play, I quote, I don't know what you would call it. I don't even know what you call it a play. Anyway, we get outside and we're talking to the people that are in the space next. And they were like, oh, like what? They were like, everybody clears out. They kind of have this weird look on their face every day. Like, what is going on in there? And I just, Craig, I popped the fuck off. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And here's why. And I just start fucking just going, man. I'm running it down, running it down, running it down. I'm like, it's a rape apologist piece. It's fucking it, it's it, the perspective's garbage. The lines are everything in this. It, it's written terribly. <laughs> Even if I agreed with its viewpoint, it's written terribly. And I just go on this like fucking speech about how much I hated it. And then as we're leaving, one of my friends leans in and goes, oh, so, um, I didn't want to interrupt you, but just so you know, the guy that wrote it was behind you the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, fucking good. I hope he heard that quite. Fr- and I like, and this happens to me every once because I'm loud. <laughs> I'm a loud person. Okay. As you can hear, I am a very loud person. And this happens to me from time to time. And quite frankly, like I... I, I, I just like some I think some people need to hear it like most of the time if I'm saying something I'd say it to your fucking face quite frankly because I'm like you need to hear this somebody needs to tell you that this is fucked and I don't care if it was me <laughs> I'll never yeah. see that man again somebody needed to say something dear god was Love I the it. first person to fucking say this there's no way if you go there the reviews are absolutely I my god I was so we went out reviewed. to it oh, it has been reviewed. Been reviewed. Okay. We went out to brunch afterwards and read the reviews to each other because we. <laughs> but you hadn't read them assholes. before. No, we hadn't read that. No, you okay. want to go into that blind. Absolutely. You had to go into that blind. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, <laughs> so that man, that person is my villain of the week. Love it. Thank um, you so much for uh, speaking truth to power as it would be. <laughs> or at least to a shitty playwright in Edinburgh. Yeah, well, I'm sure I'm sure I'm his villain of the week, so that'll be that'll be just fine. Anyway, um, as always, team, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on any platform of your choosing. Yes, and you can follow me at Craig Fay Comedy on Facebook, Twitter, CraigFay.com for show dates. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want, uh, I've got a big album coming out, guys. My second uh, stand-up album uh, performance review is going to be out on October 21st, later this month. Um, so you can check out CraigFay.com to pre-save that on Spotify uh, if you'd like. So you get it notified when it's out. It's also available for pre-purchase on iTunes. All right, team. And uh, next week, it is our audience choice episode of midsummer so uh check that out next week guys i'm really excited to do that episode and as always uh this is the villain was right reminding you that sometimes two bad people deserve each other It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
The Villain Was Right is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as webcomics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.